Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, 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 very pleased that you are here with us today, your conscious tribe, all coming together for this one hour on Thursdays from 12 p.m. Eastern to 1 p.m. to talk about all aspects of life and trying to shine the light on a lot of different areas of life. We're going to have kind of a unique and different show today, a topic I don't think I've ever touched upon on any of my shows for the last seven years, so I hope you will stay tuned. Oh, I'm glad you're with me. We have uh, an interesting guest who's running late, having a New York moment, but he will be in studio with us shortly. Of course, you guys can all catch us and girls can catch us on the Facebook live stream. Just go to facebook.com slash talking alternative and look for the video. Or if not, uh, just go to my personal uh, timeline, uh, Sam Liebowitz, spelled L-I-E-B-O-W-I-T-Z. And you can always find out about you know our upcoming topics and everything going on with the station by going to the website, talkradio.nyc, and signing up for our newsletter. I do hope you will take advantage of it so that um, you can hear about local events, one of which I will talk about later. Oh, I got my first heart on the Facebook live stream, but I missed who that was from. Thank you, whoever gave me that heart. Um, and and yeah, you'll, you'll find out about what's going on with the upcoming shows, local events, all kinds of good stuff. Ah, Dennis Prophet. Wonderful. Good day, Dennis. Give you a nice thumbs up for that. So let's get started with our quotes from the universe and from Abraham. Let's see, of course, as always, what the universe and Abraham have in store for us today. First, from the universe. You only ever have to do what you're capable of doing because by design, no matter how things appear, you'll always have enough time to do it. You'll do even better than you thought and life will get even richer than you imagined. Chickaboom, the universe. Uh, we love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe. I love how playful our quotes from the universe are, you know, because I think just it's really, really important to remember that it's always fun to play with life. And no matter where we are in life, no matter what's going on, no matter uh, what's happening, uh, you, we can always find ways to play. Ooh, welcome to the Facebook live stream, Jane. Hope you had a good, uh, hope you had a good workshop this past weekend. She had a wonderful uh, book writing workshop this past weekend. Um, so this quote from the universe, you know, that we're only ever have to do what we're capable of doing. You know, I mean that sometimes people say, you know, what is in this common sense? And I always like to say, well, if sense was so common, more people would have it. So it's like we need these little reminders, you know, sometimes especially and and I really understand why, because so many of us come from this place of not feeling good enough, of not feeling deserving, of not feeling worthy, of not feeling um, uh, uh, really uh like we matter in life. So we always feel like, oh, I've got to do more than I can do. I've got to give 110%, right? How many times have you heard people say, oh, I got to give 110%? No, you don't have to give 110%. As a matter of fact, if you give 100% all the time, you're going to deplete yourself. Ah, I believe our guest is here. Um, so you really, you want to give what you're capable of giving. You do what you're capable of doing. Um, and you, and then the rest you save for yourself. Because if we, if we give too much, if we give from a sense of lack, if we're not giving from an overflowing cup, it only, um, it depletes us, depletes us, depletes us, pulls us down and, um, you know, really then we're not able to give. We're not able to uh, uh, really show up in the best way possible. And so it, it's really you want to keep in mind. It's like, 
yes, we have desires. Yes, we want to accomplish a lot of stuff. Look, I'm like the rest of you. I have a million and one ideas. I want to get them all done. I, I want, uh, I guess that's our guest coming up now. Uh, I, 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 I want to write a book. I want to do this. I want to do workshops. I want to create courses. I want to do this. I want to, I want to do a great radio show every week. I do my healing work, my coaching work, my spiritual guidance, my ceremonial work. I, I want to do all of this. But I don't do it all in the same day. Most of the time, I don't even do it all in the same week. And when we learn that we can't always do everything all the time, that all we have to do is what we're capable of doing, um, then we uh, that's enough. That's all life is asking of us, is to just show up and do what we can do, not more than what we can do, not, you know, going whole hog 150% and going crazy. That's not what life asks of us. Life asks of us to just show up, do what we're capable of doing, and, uh, you know, the rest will work itself out. So let's see what, uh, what the quote is from Abraham today. When you acknowledge that you do not want and then ask yourself, what is it that I do want? You begin a gradual shift into the telling of your new story into a much improved point of attraction. You get the essence of what you think about, whether you want it or not, because law of attraction is unerringly consistent. Therefore, you are never only telling the story of how it is now. You are also telling the future experience you are creating right now. Abraham. So what this quote is about really is, you know, lots of times we talk about all the things that we don't want in our lives. We talk about, oh, I don't want this. I don't want that. I I, I, I don't want this. I don't want to lose my relationships. I don't want my boss to fire me. I don't want this to happen. I don't want that to happen. And when we keep focusing on these things that we don't want, we hold that image in our minds. We hold that energy, that vibration active in us. And when we do that, we're much more likely to kind of bring that into our lives. But when we focus on what it is that we really do want, And what we want does not have to be the way things are right now, but when we focus on it, when we talk about it, when we act as if it already is coming into existence, that's how we kind of bring it into our lives. And that's what Abraham is saying here is that, you know, we're never just telling the story of like, this is the truth, this is what's here right now. We tell the story of what we want of what we want to create, of what we want to bring into our lives, of, of what we want to manifest, of, of, you know, in our relationships, our career, our spiritual path, of, of, of everything. So whenever we talk about it, and, and Abraham says this all the time, it's like just because it's true is a lousy excuse to focus on it. It's let's not just focus on what's happening right here, right now, Talk about where you want to take it. Where do you want things to go? Where do you want things to reside? Right? Your heart is broken. You're crying. You're hurt. Let's not focus on the hurt. Not saying you shouldn't feel your feelings. Of course you're going to feel your feelings. You need to feel your feelings. If you just stuff it down and ignore it, you're not doing yourself any good. But after that period of time of being present with your feelings... You know, that those uncomfortable feelings are going to launch, as Abraham calls them, rockets of desire as what do you do want? So let's not focus on what we don't want, but focus on what you do want. So now you've gone through whatever the experience was that broke your heart. You know, it helps to clarify further what it is that we really do want in our lives. And then that helps us to bring that more into our life that's what we focus on that's what we talk about that's what we give our attention to that's where we're going all right that's the future we want to bring so two wonderful wonderful quotes from the universe and from abraham 
delivered fresh to my inbox this morning. I hope you enjoyed them. And, and they're actually relatively apropos for, for what our topic is today. And um, it is my extreme pleasure to now welcome to the studio author Robert Weiss. As a relationship expert, Robert specializes in infidelity and addictions, in particular sex, porn, and love addictions. An internationally acknowledged clinician, you know, he's uh, also a uh, licensed clinical social worker, which you guys know, they're all uh, social workers are very near and dear to our hearts um, because my wife is one, and uh, you know, we, we do psychotherapy and all kinds of great things here in the studio around that. Oops, I just want to try and fix my Facebook live stream so you guys can get a good shot of them. There we go. Yes, Robert, you're on um, video as well today. Um, uh, He has served as an expert for multiple media outlets, including the Oprah Winfrey Network, the New York Times, the Los Angeles Times, the Daily Beast, CNN, among many others. He is author of several highly regarded books, including his most recent, and this is what we're here to talk about today, Out of the Doghouse, a step-by-step relationship saving guide for men caught cheating. And let's just Pop that in there real quick. There you go. That's the book. Um, uh, His other books include Sex Addiction 101, Sex Addiction 101, The Workbook. We're going to have to talk about why we need a workbook for that in a moment. (laughs) Um, uh, And Cruise Control, Understanding Sex Addiction. Uh, whoops, understand sex addiction in gay men. He is also the co-author with Dr. Jennifer Schneider of Closer Together, Further Apart, and Always Turned On, Sex Addiction in the Digital Age. And I'm sure that uh, there are also some, in modern times, there there's going to be some, uh, some differences compared to the way things were before. Let me get my Facebook live stream fully set up. I think we're good now. Welcome, Robert, to the Conscious Consultant Hour. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate being here. You're welcome. You're welcome. And no worries about having a New York moment this morning. It happens to the best of us. Well, I grew up here. I don't live here now, but oh, no. I do remember the city being a lot easier to negotiate in the past than it is now. Oh, okay. Getting through Central Park is a half hour deal. No oh, yeah. What. You're going east to west side. Forget it. It's crazy. Thank you. But uh, <laughs> I will prepare uh, proportionally next time. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I always tell people like uh, I, I personally usually only take cabs or car services in Manhattan like the off hours, like early morning weekends, late at night when there's not that much traffic. If it's like a normal weekday during the day, uh, you, I'm on the subway, occasionally on a bus, you know, if it's a short distance. But I find like... I'll take the subway from here down to 42nd Street and then up to get to the east side, then going across the park, even though it doesn't make sense intellectually because it's a longer distance, just because that's New York City. I get it now. I mean, my grandmother used to say, hey, let's jump in a cab. It'll be faster. But apparently yeah. that is no longer the case. That is no longer so the case. welcome back to New York. <laughs> yes. Where, where are you now? I live in Los Angeles. I have since the 80s. Oh, oh, a left coaster. Oh, okay. Well, welcome back to New York. Thank you. It was great to catch you while you're here. So actually, before we get into it, we're going to take our first break of the show. Um, and, and when we come back in, let's talk about... Let's talk about cheating. Yeah, let's talk about cheating. Again, this is a topic I don't think I've ever discussed on my show. So this is like a really good after seven years to finally talk about <laughs> what do you do when you're in the doghouse in your relationship. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. My guest this hour is author and therapist Robert Weiss, author of the book, Out of the Doghouse, and we will be right back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And And welcome welcome to to 21st Century Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun. For you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business. And your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21stCERadio or Talk Alternative. 
Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. So, Robert, um, I get it. Like you, you're like a real expert, I guess, in, in sort of sex addiction. I guess, yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, books. You've been doing this stuff a while. Um, why did you choose to focus on this particular area? Because you mean cheating, uh, cheating. Yeah, let's. Uh, let's well, talk I, about I because I work with intimacy and sexual disorders, which are often driven by early trauma and abuse and people's inability to form healthy relationships right. or maintain them. Right. I have worked with uh, a lot of unfaithful couples, probably uh. more than most people over the years, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. But, but I mean, did you just make a, a, a sort of a conscious decision like early in your career that this is what you wanted to focus on? Or was it just that sort of early in your career, the types of people who were coming to you were people who had these kinds of... No, I have these issues. Of, I mean, uh, I grew up, I grew up with okay. profound early abuse and uh, a lot of violence, a lot of mental illness. Uh, And so for me, sex and sexual arousal and sexual fantasy became a way around my mid-teens to get needs met, to feel important, to feel special, to feel wanted, to feel anything. And um, that continued through my early 20s until I realized that there were probably other ways you could feel good about yourself than having Mm -hmm. sex with strangers. And uh, I got into recovery. Uh, and okay. through that process, and then what I saw rolling out in the late 80s, which is HIV AIDS, mm-hmm. I realized that maybe there were other people who were engaging in sexual behavior, not simply because they were attracted or aroused right, or engaged right. in a relationship, but because they had some issues too. Right. And that meant back then that some people might be sharing a uh, an illness that could kill you because they had an emotional mm-hmm. illness that was driving them to make bad sexual decisions that I had been right, making. Right. So I got into the field, went to school, got a degree, worked for Pat Carnes for four years, who was sort of the mentor of my field uh, and certainly my personal mentor. Gotcha. And then opened a clinic to run and work with sex addicts in the mm-hmm. mid-90s, and I did that for 20 years. But oh, all wow. along, I watched you know, cyber sex happen. And mm-hmm. opening, a, uh, yeah. opening a relationship and sexual disorders clinic in the mid-90s meant... I was starting to see, you know, you've got mail and late night yeah, chat rooms and yeah. all and online porn. And so I started writing about cyber sex and writing about the problems that people were having a relationship to uh, it. And, you know, if you write about something long enough, work about something long enough, I've become an expert in the relationship right, of right. the digital world to intimacy disorders, relationship problems, sex addiction. Right, right. And that's a difficult topic for people to like just broach with people right i mean it, it's not easy for someone to come forward and say yeah i have this issue or this is causing me trouble i think life. a lot of people don't even know they have the issue yeah exactly they're just acting it out and living their lives and not right. understanding whether life isn't working or whether right. it was getting in trouble or whether right. not achieving their dreams or not meeting their own value systems because they're acting out things from the past right 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 do, do you find that like like people would come to you, like you said, like they're not even aware, like that's what the real issue is. They just have something well, else. Well, they're very aware by the time they come see me. That, by the time they see you, okay. the time they come see me, uh, they are either there because a spouse has said, "I'm leaving you," and I'm taking the kids, or "I'm leaving you," and that's uh, over. Or they're coming to see me because they've been looking at porn in the workplace and they've lost a couple of jobs, or they can't get through with school because they do nothing but look at porn, or they're constantly hooking up and giving spouses diseases. Mm-hmm. My clients come in perf- with profound consequences related to their sexual behavior. Right. So now this particular book uh, really focuses though on sort of spousal cheating as opposed to your other books that were more focused on sex addiction. Mm-hmm. Why did you choose to focus more on this idea of the cheating spouse? Well, for one reason, I think I've seen more unfaithful couples than anyone I've ever met as a professional. <laughs> and so when you see okay. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of unfaithful couples, right. um, I became interested in what are the dynamics of an unfaithful couple. And, yeah. and they're very, they seem to repeat over and over again. Certain, certain uh, patterns show up 
consistently. Right. And I began to realize that this was not just an issue around faith, uh, around addiction or profound infidelity, right. that these issues show up in a generalized way whenever there's infidelity in a meaningful relationship. Right. Women tend to act in a particular way in response to it. Men tend to think in a certain way about it. Right. This isn't black and white, but in general. Right. And so I realized that there wasn't really a good book ab- about what happens to a woman when she's cheated on Mm. and what a man goes through when he makes the decision to cheat and how he tries to clean it up from a man's perspective. Mm. So I wanted to say, hey, dude, you really screwed this one up and let me show you how. And if you want to make it better, it's not going to be candy and flowers. And I'm really sorry. Please forgive me. Yeah. Uh, Betrayal is a much more meaningful experience for a woman. Right. Right. Now, you wrote this book specifically for the men. Right. Um, but I did notice there was a little thing in the back for the women if they happen to pick it up. Why did you decide to to just focus on the men as opposed to like both, you know? Well, I don't think that I think women fully understand what they experience when they are being betrayed and they fully okay. understand the pain of relationship betrayal and the breaking of trust in a committed relationship. Right. It's the men who I don't think quite get that. <laughs> right, right, and I'm not absolutely. saying that women don't cheat. They do. But right. in the majority of cases that I work with and that I hear therapists concerned about and that I hear in the popular culture, yeah. it is men who are cheating on women. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, what I truly believe is that men have a great deal of difficulty with repair in this area. Uh, and I wanted to give couples a clue as to how to more quickly repair the injury that's created by infidelity. Right, right. And that has to do with the guy understanding what's happened. Right. And this is also not a book of like, this is how to keep you from cheating. This is you've cheated, you've broken it. Now, what do we get? Where do we go? This from is here? for the guy who says, God, you know, I've tried flowers and candy. And, you know, I, I even gave her a nice piece of jewelry on Mother's Day. And, you know, I, I mean, I've, I've been honest with her for weeks and she's still angry at me and I don't understand when she's going to go off my back. Yeah. It's for that guy who doesn't understand how long right. it will take, right. how much pain she's in and how much he's really lost right. in terms of his um, trust. Trust certainly, but his right to say, get off my back or uh, give me a break or yeah, yeah. he no longer has that right when he has put this person in the kind of pain that he has. That's yeah, right. Okay. So I wanted you. to say to men, I, well, and you asked me another question, which is a great question. Yeah. Why write a, book, a self-help book for men? Because if you know self-help, men don't buy self-help books. Right. <laughs> women do. So right. I wrote a book for women to buy, to read about how they have been, how they've experienced being cheated on. And to say, wow, that is exactly how I feel. Well, I'm really pissed at him now. And to pick up the book and throw at him and say, you know, you want me back? You're going to read this and understand what it takes uh, to get me back. And he will okay. read it if he wants her back. Right. Exactly. And and just also to be clear, and I don't remember the statistic now, but I remember there were some studies done a while ago about infidelity and in marriage, and it was anonymously done. And it was like a huge percentage, as I recall. I don't know. Do you? Do you well, there are lots of studies on infidelity and in marriage. And here's the thing. Here's the thing about studies on infidelity. No one tells the truth. Yeah. So depending on who's being um, asked and in what setting and how people are feeling about themselves. I mean, if you notice the last election, a lot of people said that they voted for some. They, they didn't say who they voted for or they said yeah, they yeah, didn't want yeah. to tell it because maybe they were a little embarrassed or ashamed about who they felt they wanted to vote for. Well, it's kind of like that times 10 with infidelity. You don't yeah. really want to sit in front of a researcher and said, oh, yeah, I've cheated on my wife 100 <laughs> times. That's just not the image you want to give to a researcher. So yeah. most people lie. Right. Men in particular. Right. Um, but, yeah, I think we have very high infidelity rates on both genders. Um, okay. I just don't think we talk about it right right okay good all right so let's get into it why why do men cheat let's let's just start off with the basic question why do so many men cheat on their wives well i think there are many reasons why someone cheats Mm -hmm. um you know they may and I will discard the pathological reasons, so the mental okay. health reasons. I'm going to okay. discard the, you know, he's broken or he has profound emotional issues or because that's right. for other kinds of books. Right. I think your average guy cheats because he's immature. Mm. He doesn't have a clue the meaning of the depth of connection that he has with this woman. Mm. He doesn't really understand... He's thinking, well, this is just going to be fun. I'll go have a little fun. I'll have, a, you know, I'll go over here and do a little of this. And as long as she doesn't find out about it, it'll be fine. Yeah. And that may or may not be true. Probably not likely entirely true because yeah. she'll feel it on some level. Right. But when she does find out, and she will, yeah. she's going to say things like, I thought you loved me. I don't know why you're together with me. I thought everything was okay. You've right, ruined my right, life. Right, right, right. And he's thinking, well, but wait a minute. I just went to Vegas and got a lap. And it's not like it has anything to do with you. Yeah. But since you're going to take it personally, okay, yeah. I'm really sorry. Right. 
And that's not where she's coming from. Uh, but by the way, one of our viewers, Dennis, says men do buy self-help books, though. And I am one, and I know other men who buy these books. But you do have to be able to read. Feel free to buy mine. <laughs> Go right ahead. Line yes. up. I'm glad to have it. Um, so I just want to touch upon so there was something you said about you know, sort of admit, admitting that you cheated on your wife. Um, I um, had a relationship with a woman once who had divorced her husband, and she had a very different attitude from a lot of women I know. And she said, you know, men shouldn't tell their wives that they cheated if it's not, if, you know, it was a while ago, if it's all they're doing it for is to appease their guilty heart. I would all, agree with that. All the, huh? I would agree with that. You know, but that like, think... you know, it's like all that's going to do is hurt the woman and it's going to make you feel better. Like the man should deal with his own shit and, but, and not. But wouldn't it be better if you didn't cheat first? Of course. And of so course. my response to that, by the way, and I have very clear views about this, is if okay. you want to go cheat, just talk to your wife or girlfriend right. and say to her, you know, and I think, by the way, you want to be intimate with a partner. You want right. to understand what intimacy really really is it's going to that partner and saying you know I've been looking at this lady in the grocery store and she's kind of cute and I think she's attractive and I chatted with her a little bit and I find myself wanting to be sexual with her and you as my spouse my wife my girlfriend Mm -hmm. I think we need to talk about this before you do it and I'm that's intimate totally with you I'm totally with you because I feel like especially today where the roles of relationships and genders and everything is so wide open compared to the past like you know do we have to stay so stuck in these old mires of like oh you can only be with one person like you have to get all your needs fulfilled from one person Well, but i'm not and again i'm not saying my goal in all of this actually is not um that relationships are necessarily monogamous or not that and then it's up to the couple you know if that's what people want that's what should have if that's not what they want that's up to them right right. but what i am all about is integrity and honesty exactly that at least talk about it and keeping your word you know i think one of the things that seems to be very important to men in our culture is our word what we stand by what we believe in and oftentimes in business we will never break a contract never we don't want to get arrested we don't want to get legal problems but we will make a commitment to a spouse about monogamy and not think twice about breaking that commitment why is that one less important than the one we make in business right but you so you feel like even let's say at one point you made a commitment to being monogamous and maybe later on after you've been married a certain amount of time maybe your views or attitudes changed but it's like talk about it first go to your spouse and say i'm having these feelings and you know she will fall apart Mm mm-hmm and you'll get to see that. And you mm-hmm. might think, oh, I really like this person. You might mm-hmm. be reminded you actually love this person. Right. And I don't like causing them pain. And look at the pain they're in even before I've actually done this. Done yeah. And that doesn't mean you're not going to do it or you can't do it. But you do have to work. You made the agreement with them. Right. You don't get to go off and change it by yourself. Yeah. And then because you see something you want and you're not going to be able to get it unless you lie about it. That's right. called immature. Right. I mean, that's really kind of, again, forgetting about the fact that you're in a relationship, that you are in involved with another human being and that that human being you know that there's certain expectations that you're going to hold up your word your beliefs that you're going to keep your commitments yeah i think that's a reasonable belief for anyone and certainly if you're in an intimate relationship and you've made intimate commitments that seems to be to me to add an even deeper layer of needing to be truly honest and and real and again i'm not saying don't go out and have your thing with whoever you want to have it with i'm just saying that um an be, adult be front and open about it. you know kids go in the cookie jar and say i'm yeah. gonna take a few cookies out and mom won't notice right. and then mom comes back and says where are the cookies yeah <laughs> adults go to the cookie jar and say hey mom you know i'm home from college can i have a cookie before dinner and if she says no they say okay right. and if she says okay they have a cookie right. but they don't just take one and lie about it that's right. a seven-year-old right 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 okay great wonderful all right we're going to take a quick break um i just also want to remind our listeners if you'd like to call in and ask uh dr weiss uh uh, a question as well as myself the call in number is 877-480-4120 you're listening to the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity and we'll be right back you're listening to the talking alternative network If you have an interest in marijuana, you want to know about marijuana, law, policy, and culture, then feel free to join me, Joseph A. Bondi, every Friday at 11 o'clock in the morning on my show, In the Know 420 on TalkingAlternative.com. 
Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. And we're hosts of The Rob and Callie Show. Are you looking for a show that talks about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Then you have come to the right place because we cover topics ranging from chivalry to gratitude to your relationship with money and everything in between. So listen to us on The Rob and Callie Show Tuesdays, 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.myc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're talking with Robert Weiss, author of the book, Out of the Doghouse, a step-by-step relationship-saving guide for men caught cheating. Okay, Robert, so let's get into it. I'm, I'm a man. I'm married. I just cheated. What do I do next? Uh, well, it depends on whether you've been found out or not. Okay, let's assume... Okay, let, let's, we'll do one and then the other. I haven't been found out yet. What do I do? I think that's up to you. Uh, I think you ne- if you have cheated and you have gotten away with it, the questions I'd be asking for myself is of myself is, how do I feel about now keeping a secret and having mm-hmm. a secret maybe forever from this person that I was very close to? Mm-hmm. Because now there's something in between us that I know and they don't. Mm-hmm. And that makes us, by definition, less intimate. Mm-hmm. Which might make you think about whether you want to do it again or not. Mm-hmm. Some people think, oh, I got away with it, so I can do it more. And yeah. some people think, I got away with it, but I feel terrible. And you're right. The answer is not, I feel terrible, so let me dump this on my spouse. The answer is, I feel terrible about this. Let me go to therapy and examine it. Let me talk to my rabbi, my pastor, my friends, and start to work out, you know, how how am I going to proceed in the future so I don't end up doing things that make me feel terrible and distancy from my spouse in the future. Right. Okay. Now, I've cheated on my wife. She caught me. Now what? You're going to have happens? a bad day. <laughs> a bad day, a, a bad, bad week, week, a bad month, a bad month, month a bad probably year. a bad year. <laughs> so um, just a few things. I mean, I think you should expect that she is going to want to know every single thing that you've ever done. Not only this, but ever. Um, she will become a one-woman detective machine. She's going to go through your cell phone bills, your wallet. Uh, she will, might hire a detective. She might hire a lawyer. She's going to read everything you've ever written online. She's going to throw every piece of your social media. Spouses who have been cheated on are uh, the greatest consumers of self-help books. Mm. And they are also uh, the greatest uh, private detectives. Mm. And your response as the cheater is not, that's private. Leave it alone. I don't want you in that. Mm-hmm. Because you have lost trust in your relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, I get asked a lot by in the media sometimes, you know, when a couple is together with all the social media stuff, when should we really have access to somebody's codes and be able to get into all the stuff? And my answer is, as long as there is trust, it's none of your business. Your spouse can journal or write things to friends or say things personally or privately. It's really everyone gets to have a private life, even though you're in a relationship. Okay. But when trust is broken. Broken. You have to understand, I think also as a man, that Mm -hmm. we often parse trust. Mm -hmm. So we say, well, I'm really trustworthy as a husband and father. I've been always showing up, picked up the kids. I've always, you know, picked up my paycheck. The money's always gone to the family. I've always been faithful in every other way except with these other women. Mm -hmm. But your spouse is not going to look at it that way. Because she looks at it like, I can either trust you or I can't. And so now I don't trust you with money. Now I don't trust you with the kids. Now I don't trust you with anything. And your job is to say... I completely understand that. Okay. So this is not a time to be defensive. This is not a time to fix anything. This is definitely not a time to get her to forgive you. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely not a time to think that flowers and candy and a lot of I'm sorry's will really make up for breaking, for cracking the basis of the foundation of your relationship, which Mm -hmm. is what you've done. You are in the doghouse. Right. And being in the doghouse means you don't get to defend, you don't get to protect, you don't get to be right. You have to take into account in the big picture for a while Mm -hmm. the pain that your spouse is going through and the Mm -hmm. fact that they don't trust you Mm -hmm. so when they come after you when you're 10 minutes late with the groceries and say i know you're at it again even though it had nothing to do with it it was traffic and you were just getting groceries Mm -hmm. you don't say well give me a break you Mm -hmm. say 
you know, given what I did to you, I can understand why you wouldn't be trusting me tonight, even though that's not what's going on. Right, right. Because when we get defensive, when we try to right. prove them wrong, when we try to give them, tell them to give us a break, or we try to win them over with gifts and flowers, they get further away from us, not closer. Right, right. And so um, that initial point has happened. How do you have the? Con- how do you start to repair the conversation? Th- repair the relationship. What kinds of conversations do you have with your spouse to help to repair the relationship? Well, unfortunately, in the early stages of infidelity, there are only really two conversations that a couple has. The man <laughs> says, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I really didn't mean it. I'm sorry, and I really do love you." Mm-hmm. And she says, "I hate you. I hate you. Hate you. I hate you. You ruined my relationship, and I don't know if I'll ever feel better." Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot, a lot of real deep, meaningful conversation in the beginning. Right. She's going to be a lot about what was it, where was it, what don't I know, how can I find out, and you as the cheater are either going to tell her the truth or you're not, mm-hmm. depending on how deep and heavy the truth is, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, what support you both have for getting through that. Right, right. And do you feel like the man needs to tell the wife everything? Or, like, does does he have to go into all the details and everything? Or is it just that she knows, in general, that he cheated or how many times? And, like, that's enough that it doesn't, that he doesn't, ne- it doesn't necessarily do any good to give perspective provide more details than that well i've never met a spouse who would say i don't think it's useful to have more details ever mm-hmm. every spouse wants to know all the details except those who are extremely religious who will say if i know this about my husband then i'm gonna have to leave him so don't tell me uh, those are the only women i've ever met who said they didn't want to really? know okay. so it's really about what are the boundaries around what i tell and what i don't tell yeah. and um to me those boundaries have to do with how much support Mm-hmm. The couple has. Mm-hmm. So I would not, I don't care how much this woman wants to know mm-hmm. everything or mm-hmm. unless she has a therapist, unless mm-hmm. she has support, mm-hmm. unless she has a place to go, I'm not going to dump this on her mm-hmm. because now I am responsible for not hurting her more. Right. And even though right. she will say, well, it's the not knowing that hurts me more. Right. The reality is, is that, well, actually without you having someone to go to and talk about this, since you really can't talk to me about it, since you're right. angry at me, right. I am not being fair to you by just dumping this on you, even though you want to know. Right. But if we go to therapy to talk about it and you have some right. support, then I'd be willing to share it with you because I don't want to hurt you further. Right. And then when the, when the issues are shared, they're not graphic. Mm. You know, yes, I was with three prostitutes in the last seven years. Mm. Yes, I called my ex-girlfriend Mary and we had phone sex. Mm. But no detail about where, how, how long. Because... You never want to put in a spouse's head images mm. of what that looked like mm. because that kind of trauma they're going to have in their head forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But how many times, how long, how much money you spent, those are things that a spouse has the right to know, if, certainly if they want to. Right. Because, I mean, it really depends on what you believe about relationships and equality. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't see how a relationship can go forward intimately with one partner having a whole bunch of information that's secret that the other spouse doesn't know about mm-hmm. because that's a power position. Mm-hmm. And I think couples really need to have some sense of equality and safety in order to go forward. Right. And besides, why would you ask that woman to go forward with you if she doesn't know what she's going forward with? with right. What have you done? I mean, do you love somebody? Did right. you Are they pregnant? Or are you having a baby? Or did you go to Vegas and get a lap dance? I mean, you know, she really needs to have some sense right. of what she's considering continuing with or not continuing right. so with. So I got, I got two questions from things that you said. The first Groovy. one is, um, so do you feel that they should both have... Uh, like a couple's therapist as well as they should have individual therapists? Well, everybody doesn't have the resources for that. Right. But in an ideal world, there isn't a lot of room for couples therapy in the beginning of this process because couples therapy is about, I hate you, I hate you, you ruined my life, and won't you please forgive me? So in the very beginning, couples therapy for infidelity is really helpful, I think, to set boundaries. Mm. Like, where are you going to sleep at night? Are you going to hit him? Are you going to divorce him? Is he going to see this other person again? So everybody knows what's going on going forward. But then each person really, I think, needs their individual support to come to terms with their anger, their hurt, their disappointment themselves or the other before they can come back together and do deeper work. There's one more thing about that. And I think it's important when you take a couple where there's been infidelity on the part of a man Mm -hmm. and you begin to say to that woman as a therapist. So what was your childhood like? Or how did your parents get along? Or how was your sex life with your man or your husband before this started? Mm -hmm. That's abusive. Because in the beginning, you're telling this woman who's been victimized and hurt by this experience. Right. You're giving information on some level that says, well, let's talk about you and your problems. Because yeah. on some level, you are responsible for him cheating. Yeah. And there is nothing any woman can do to, to make a man cheat. 
She cannot have sex with him. She can gain 300 pounds. She can be horrible to him. He can leave her. He can get a uh, divorce lawyer. He can start playing golf. He can help underprivileged kids. You know, there are a lot of things a man can, he can get a divorce. Mm. A lot of things a man can do when he's unhappy with his sex and romantic life and his partner, other than say, okay, I guess the logical solution is to go cheat over here. That's the choice of the person who did it. That's never the responsibility of the person to whom it, it, it happened. Okay. My next question is, I think something very important is, how do we define cheating? Because I know it's like you threw in phone sex. Is Great playing a question. sex video game cheating? Is, is sexting you know, on your phone cheating? You know, what is cheating? This is a great question. I'm so glad you asked me this because uh, having worked with unfaithful couples for almost 30 years, what defined infidelity 25 years ago mm-hmm. is very different than what defines it now. Yeah. Because it used to be a real thing that me and somebody else were doing in the office and I had lipstick on my collar, you know, and right. everybody knew. And But it... If I'm webcamming with somebody else and they're thousands right. of miles away and I'll never meet them, and I don't know their last name right. and we're just having sex. Isn't that sort of like my dad looking at Playboy and right. what's the big deal? Right. So my definition for infidelity in the digital age is simply this. It's the keeping of profound secrets in an intimate relationship. Uh, infidelity is the keeping of profound secrets in an intimate relationship. So. If you know that and, and by the way, that means infidelity can be financial. Uh-huh. Because I can say to you, you yes. know, I really want to buy this great watch, honey. Can I get that? I'll just take $10 a month out of our paycheck. And you say, you know, I kind of want that money for the kids and this and that. And I'd rather you don't do that. And I say, oh, I'm going to take that $10 out of my check. And she won't even know. Yeah. And I come to you three years later having said nothing and say, oh, look at my great new watch. Don't you love it? Yeah. You're not going to be happy for me. You're yeah. going to be angry at me. Yeah. Not because I got the thing I wanted, but because you didn't know. You asked me not to and I did it anyway. Right. So in the same way, infidelity is about... You know, if you look at porn mm-hmm. and you like porn and mm-hmm. you tell me and I'm your spouse and I say, honey, you look a little porn once in a while. I don't care. We have a good relationship. It's your business. I don't want to know. Right. Well, if I come home one night and I see some porn on your computer, I might be curious. I might be embarrassed, but I'm not going to be angry because I will know that you look at porn. You told me. Right. But if I have no idea that you ever look at porn, if I don't think it's really part of your value system or beliefs right. or yeah. something you'd bring into our home for whatever reasons. Right. And I go to your computer when you're out and I find a thousand images of other women and you, right. you know, I will be really pissed. Right. Not because you're looking at the porn, but because I didn't know. Right, right. And so to me, that's what defines infidelity. It's, it's the betrayal of trust. Or, Much or more if than you it's say, I just look at regular porn and then they go and they find like child porn on your computer or, or, or fetish porn or like, you know, some other like bizarre stuff, bestiality that they didn't know you. you well, I look at porn, honey. Is that a problem for you is a great opportunity for a woman to say, what kind of porn do you look at? Ah, and then they can have that kind of discussion. Right. And again, that's intimate. Right. I'm telling you about my sexual life. I'm telling you about my desires. I'm telling you about what turns me on that may be a little, you know, that I certainly wouldn't say to anyone else. Mm -hmm. So what an incredibly intimate intimate thing to do. And yet it seems to me with most men that we would rather look good to our partners than be honest. Yes. Yes. And that's where men fall on their face. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, if your spouse finds out and all you do is deny it, then you're only making things worse. Well, and even worse than that is if your spouse finds out and you only tell them just as much as they have found out and you don't tell them the other stuff they don't know about and they say, okay, now I know all of it. I feel better. Now I know what the bottom is. I'm not happy. But then three weeks later they find there's more Then the possibility of trust being restored to that relationship goes down exponentially Absolutely. absolutely okay great um all right believe it or not already our last commercial break of the hour so when we come back we're going to talk about a few more things and we'll let you know where to get the book so everybody please stay tuned you're listening to the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity we'll be right back you're listening to the talking alternative network Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to SecretsOfTheSire.com. 
talkingalternative.com. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We've been talking this hour with author Robert Weiss, author of the book, Out of the Doghouse, a step-by-step relationship-saving guide for men caught cheating. So, um, Robert, uh, have you seen the show? I just heard about it recently. I saw a few episodes on Netflix, uh, Frankie and Grace. I have seen some Frankie Grace. Now, what do you think of that show? Is that uh, something that's... Uh, I think it's a great vehicle for a couple old gals to get work. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think. Um, so, uh, does cheating mean the relationship is 100% over? Absolutely not. Okay. In fact, it's one of the reasons I wrote this book. I think, in, in fact, I will tell you that even in the even cases of really profound and extensive cheating... The woman who finds out about this, in my experience, rarely in the beginning is looking to leave. Mm. She's looking to figure out what is the license plate on that truck that just hit me. Mm. You know, she's thinking, I trusted this person. I thought everything was fine. I thought our world. Now she her whole world has been knocked aside and she has to figure out which way is up, which way is down. Who are you really? What have we really had that was meaningful? What happened? Because part of what you need to understand, and I think you do, but your audience useful. We learn as therapists, you know, women think holistically much more so right. than men yeah absolutely. so we're more uh, more we're more focused as guys on the thing in front of us and the thing in front of that and getting this solved and getting the thing after that but women are looking at the big picture right. so when you cheat on a woman she's thinking things like what about our family what about our kids what about our home what about our religious life what about she's not just thinking about something you did to her right. she's thinking about the something that's happened to her whole life right. and guys aren't really thinking about that right and they don't look at it that way, which makes it much right. easier to cheat. Right, because men compartmentalize much easier than women. We compart- We are built to be m- much more readily able to cheat than women right. because right. we are, as men, more able to become sexually aroused by images and by flirtation and not feel a need to be connected to that person to be sexual. Right. Healthy women tend to lean into sexuality through um, an emotional connection. So a healthy woman will look for, does he care about me? Does he like me? Is he a nice person? Will we get along? And that is a part of her arousal. So she expects, as she would, Mm -hmm. because she's not a man, that we might have some feelings toward that person who we went and had sex with who was a stranger. Or we have feelings about her that led us to do this thing when the reality is we probably weren't thinking about her at all right. and it was really just some decision in the moment and we just hope it never comes up again but it was right. fun for the moment right. and she's thinking when she finds out this is my whole life right. uh, therein lies the difference yeah 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 so for the um, the man who's like cheated and he's afraid that if his wife finds out like that's going to be the end of their marriage it may but it, there's also a good possibility I really wish he be. thought about that before, before. Cheated, I'm just saying <laughs> or while it's right. interesting to me that it only comes up you know it's like I'm going to rob a bank because I really need some money and then you rob the bank and you think oh gosh I could get arrested you yeah. know I, I, you do think about that before you rob the bank why don't you think about that before you go cheat just a thought right 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 anyway please continue <laughs> um, and so for the um for the man who's let's say even thinking about cheating um and 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 how would they bring up this conversation and maybe again it might not be cheating with an actual person it could be you know i've done this i've had to talk about it i'm in a 16-year marriage oh yeah about six years ago i started uh in my professional life i met a young social worker and we started Uh having these fascinating conversations and going for walks and you know, and I, I was being looked up to as a mentor and I was just feeling so warm and fuzzy. And, you know, and by the way, I have to say that, and this is in the book too, sometimes men will start down the road of an unfaithful relationship before they're even aware that they're in it because they like a little bit of the the flirtation feels good and the companionship feels good and getting the attention. And they don't really realize that they're heading down a slippery slope that's going to lead. I mean, they like the feeling, but they're not quite picturing there's going to be a point in the situation where they're not going to be able to say no or where they're going to get to a point where all they want to say is yes because it just feels so good right i went home and i said honey we need to have a conversation okay 
Um, I am feeling attracted to someone else. I am feeling like I want to be sexual with someone else. I explained the situation. And I watched my spouse of six years fall apart in front of me mm-hmm. to the point where the dog came over, yeah. was worried about the fight. You know, the dog's, what's the matter? What's it? So when yeah. your dog is worried, you know. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, when I saw the face of the person that I love in that kind of pain, and I hadn't even cheated. Mm-hmm. I just had an emotional feeling about someone else and a desire to cheat. Mm-hmm. It really brought back so many of the reasons why we were together, what I loved about the, you know, why I didn't want to do this. Mm-hmm. And and I didn't want to face this hurt, this wall of anger and pain after. It wasn't like it was going to be different after. Because I said it before, we moved on. We worked through. We talked about. We dealt with. Right. And I actually got a lot more respect and admiration for having been willing to tell the truth right. in the beginning, even though it was painful, than I ever would have gotten had it just gone ahead and done what I wanted to do, and it had been found out later. Right. So I've had I've practiced what I preach. Right. No, that's wonderful. And and I've had similar conversations with my wife as well. And it's when you can really stay present and have the uncomfortable conversations. That's actually where both people grow the That's most. That's intimacy. That's how yeah. we grow. People wander around and say, oh, you know, what is intimacy? Is flowers? Is it romance? Is intimacy going away for a weekend? Intimacy is telling your truth right. and being unafraid of your partner's response because you trust them enough right. to know that they will listen, hear it out, and you will work through it. Right. Yeah. That's absolutely. intimacy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, this book, I noticed it's kind of sort of a workbook. And you, you've done a, you, as, as I was kind of joking when I introduced you. You were so, joking. Yeah, but I wasn't. Uh, Sex Addiction 101 and then Sex Addiction 101, the workbook. Why right. do you need a workbook? I'm actually working on a workbook for Out of the Doghouse. You know oh, you are? But, but it's I a said, little, but I noticed there are some kind of fill in the blank stuff in it as well. I want to give the guys a chance to do some reflection. Okay. And what I write about in the book is not fun. Yeah. And I tell the guys, you know, you really screwed this up. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if you're going to be able to fix this, but this is what you'll need to do if you want to. And by the way, if you don't like what I'm saying, throw the book out. Right. But it's not going to make it easier to work out with hair. Right. So, but, but why a workbook companion? Because I think there are places I'm not think I know. Because in the work we do in therapy, right. we often ask people to do a little journaling. Right. Uh, we ask people to do writing on specific things like, you know, uh, how they chose to get into it or how they cho- how they knew they were going to have the affair when they knew or yeah. you know when they made the de- I want people to be more aware of their decision making yeah. and how they made it and how they looked at it before yeah. so I want them to think about and write about well how did you look at monogamy when you became committed to your partner mm. how did you look at monogamy what were you thinking about monogamy when you chose to have the affair or had the sex with the other person that takes some writing and some thought so workbooks are not about practicing cheating. Right. They're about practicing self-reflection right. and, and growing. You know, as I said, if cheating is an immature move, right. then how do you grow to be more mature? You have to reflect on how you made that decision right. and grow in understanding your decision making so you can make better decisions going forward. Right. So the writing and the workbook stuff is about helping men come to terms with understanding themselves better so they can make better choices going forward. Right. So we've talked a lot a lot about this topic over the hour. What do you think is the one most important thing you want a man to take away from reading this book? Give your spouse the time and the space to grieve and be in pain and be angry with you for what you have done. Yeah. Understand that that could go on for a year Mm. when you, after three months, are going to say, when are you going to get off my back? No, it isn't going to get better with flowers, moonlight, and candles and vacations. That what will make your relationship better is your engaging in trustworthy behavior, a trustable behavior over time, Mm. so that she can once again begin to see you as a trustworthy person. Mm. Showing up on time, fully participating in family activities, not leaving her out of the loop when you're late or running, you know, Mm. letting her know what's going on, keeping her informed is helping her begin to learn to trust you again. Right, right. And it's only when trust in the relationship is restored that that couple's really going to start moving forward. In the process of writing this book, was there anything that kind of surprised you? Was there anything that came up that was kind of like, oh, I didn't think of it that way before? Uh, actually, in writing Out of the Doghouse, uh, you know, a book for men who cheat, the most surprising thing to be to me so far has been that I expected a lot of pushback from men. Ah, because I've been talking now about the book or mm-hmm. to therapists, or I've been talking about this for a couple of months and, and in interviews like this. Right. And I expect like a torrent of men to say, "Well, we get to do this, and we should." And I've gotten silence really from the men. In fact, I've actually had some men who are older men who mm-hmm. maybe cheated twenty years ago mm-hmm. read the book and say. 
wow, you know, I, re- I wish I'd read this way back then. I might have not lost that relationship. I might have uh, made better choices. So it's more the absence of uh, you don't understand guys at all. We just who we are. It's our natural function to have sex with as many people as possible. I thought that's what I'd get. Instead, I seem to be getting a lot of men who are reflecting and really thinking about what this all means to them. Ah, gotcha. gotcha. And the women, they get it completely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, uh, so it's the book's been out now for how long? Out of the Doggers came out in January. In January. Can't tell you how many marriages we've saved. Not yeah. sure yet. <laughs> but uh, it, is, it has really been selling well, and, and that's because there just isn't another voice out there like it. And, and where can people find it? Uh, you can find anything on Amazon and right. all of the regular booksellers. Uh, you can find me at uh, you know on Twitter at, at Rob Weiss right. MSW or at my website at Robert Weiss MSW. Um, and as I said, or as we have said, I've written eight books on sexual disorders, intimacy disorders, sexual infidelity. You may find other things that are useful for you. Yeah, wonderful, beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Robert, for taking the time out of your schedule to come into studio today. I it always is a pleasure. Love having my guests come in studio again. Here's his book. Out of the Dog House, a step-by-step relationship-saving guide for men caught cheating. If you've caught cheating, if you're thinking about cheating. If your best friend has been if your having best problems with cheating. cheating. <laughs> you buy this book, read it. It will save you a tremendous amount of grief. Um, and uh, thank you all for listening. I just also want to remind everybody, uh, for those interested in the Conscious Business Collective, our meeting this month is in two weeks from today at 7 p.m. You can get all the details. We're continuing to work on the relationship of the male archetype to the female, or the father archetype to the mother archetype within us, and uh, it's all on the meetup group, meetup.com slash conscious dash biz dash collective, and again, it's another reason to sign up for our newsletter at the website um, because you would have the link right there handy for you to go to RSVP. Please go to talkradio.nyc, sign up for our newsletter. Lots of great announcements. Thank you all for tuning in. It's been a great show. We'll have another amazing guest next week. I'm not sure if they're in studio or not. I have to check on that. Thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you real soon. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And and welcome welcome to to 21st Century Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun. For you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business. And your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21stCE Radio or Talk Alternative. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at TalkingAlternative.com. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. And we're hosts of The Rob and Callie Show. Are you looking for a show that talks about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? 
then you have come to the right place because we cover topics ranging from chivalry to gratitude to your relationship with money and everything in between. So listen to us on The Robin Callie Show, Tuesdays, 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.myc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network, 